Good morning. I got up this morning a little early, feeling good, even got into the jacuzzi, really nice. What a great way to start the day. I go outside to get in the car. It's still even a few minutes early before I normally leave, and the car would not start. And I had this spirit of complaint just immediately rise up in me. And the problem is, is I've been preparing this sermon, which, by the way, addresses complaints. And last week I taught a Bible study on Philippians 2 that says don't grumble. And I was really ready to grumble. But there was another problem, you see. The complaint or the grumbling would have been against myself. This has actually happened twice before. I knew it was a possibility, but who is it that I should complain to that it wasn't taken care of? Yeah, myself. Have you ever complained to yourself? Has it ever done any good? I mean, it just kind of makes you feel bad. And so I was really actually pretty pleased that, in fact, I would be able to uh, lean on the Bible study and the sermon this morning so that I didn't let that uh, get in the way of my kind of keeping a positive spirit. And so when we look today at this uh, uh, text in our Old Testament, it's actually pretty amazing. Our, our lesson today in the Old Testament uh, teaches us uh, about a problem. Uh, Jim Rohn, who is a, an American entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker, actually was probably one of the influence for people like Tony Robbins and such. He says this, attitude is greatly shaped by influence and association. Attitude is greatly shaped by influence and association. This morning, my attitude was held in check because of the association of having been involved in this, in this Bible study last week and in the sermon this morning, uh, reminding me not to grumble, reminding me not to complain. Another way, uh, the, George Washington said it this way. He said, example, whether it is good or bad, has a powerful influence. We are impacted by the people around us. We are impacted by the attitudes that are carried by others. And importantly, others are impacted by our attitudes. I did not want to come to church this morning and dump on Pastor Jonna and dump on Warren, you know, before the service started, and, and dump on the sound guys. These are all the people that are here early getting things ready. And, you know, I needed to check that bad attitude, so I didn't want to draw them in. I mean, this would be a real downer Sunday if we all had, whoa. I, and I especially couldn't do it because it's your confirmation Sunday. I just didn't want to bring you down. But let Let's look at what happens in Numbers, because today's text started at verse 4 of Numbers chapter 11. Let's look at verse 1, just, just three verses earlier. Look what it says. It says, now the people complained about their hardships 
in hearing in the hearing of the Lord, and when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. This is not a good scene. They complain. God gets angry and sends fire from heaven. And you know what they do next? They cry out. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. In other words, they complain. God says fire. They say, Moses, help us. Protect us from God's anger. And God relents. Verses 1 and 2. We get to verse 4. And what happens? The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. By the way, this word rabble doesn't show up in other places in the Old Testament. So we really don't know what it means. It seems to mean like, well, this little group started to complain and then they had this massive influence. It could mean that this little group of non-Israelites who were also rescued from slavery in Egypt and who had come out into the wilderness started to complain. And then it just took over. And all of a sudden, they're wailing at the entrance to the tent. Now, here's the thing. Listen to what they say. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Oh, really? What was going on in Egypt? They were slaves. They would work all day from morning to night, and yeah, they would, they would feed them so that they could go out and do it again tomorrow. They didn't have to pay for it, but they worked all day. Doesn't that sound like pay to you? It wasn't free. It was oppression. But they forget that because right now they just want their fish. Also, the cucumbers, melon, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. They seem to have completely forgotten the incredible blessing that God had poured out upon them to free them from Egypt, to pour down bread from heaven. Do you remember the story of the manna? It's really an amazing thing. They're told only to collect enough for one day. Some of them, like you, are very industrious. And so when they collected enough for one day, it was a big basket. Some of the others, a little less industrious, they would just get a little basket. And you know what happened at the end of the day? Everybody had enough. Miraculous. But they got tired of it. They didn't want it anymore. If only we had meat to eat, they said. So I was kind of curious about this because nowhere in the text does it suggest that they had meat to eat. Except if you read in uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, one of the things you discover is they had huge herds of animals. 
that were sent with them out of Egypt. Later on, they talk about the need to do a, a, a sin offering sacrifice and you can kill the oxen or, or kill the sheep or kill the goat. Why couldn't they have meat? It was there. Maybe they just didn't want to, you know, use the butcher or something. Uh, so I called Jim Bankson, Pastor Jim Bankson, member of this congregation, Old Testament professor, very, very sharp guy. And I said, Jim, what's the deal with this text in the Old Testament? How come? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, what do you think I should do with that? He goes, well, the point is that the writer wants you to know that they're unduly dissatisfied. You see, the spirit of complaint had caused them to be a little myopic in their vision. They just knew they didn't like it, and so they started to complain. Now, this morning, I did pretty well. I, I didn't jump right into complaint. Um, one of the problems was the cars are parked on the wrong side of the driveway so that now the, I can't jump the battery from one car to the another because the, the, the cables don't stretch far enough. So I was, I, I was trying to think of an answer. Did, oh, did you hear what I said? The other car? I, I, have, I have two cars. I drove the other one to church. I was fine. And we live in a community, in a society. Oh, Marilyn, she just, she just called Lyft. It was fine. She's here. Spending the morning, both services. Thanks, sweetie. She'll ride home with me. It's all good. You see, when we get into that spirit of complaint, we forget who our God is. We forget that our God is a God of provision. The people of Israel over and over and over in the New Testament, and we also, we get into that spirit of negativity or when we're caught up in the negativity of others, we take our eyes off the amazing provision that God pours out into our lives, and we just start to complain. Now, I was thinking, maybe life happening and complaining helps. Everybody together. Not. But have you ever liked to complain? Have you, have you ever taken joy in complaining? I kind of have to admit I have. And I'll be honest with you, I... I sort of complained by saying I wasn't going to complain. Didn't I, Jonna? I, I mean, it really wasn't a complaint, but it kind of was, right? Woe is me. I got this problem. Feel bad for me. You ever do that? It's not, it's not helpful. And so I was thinking, well, at least they had Moses, right? I mean, they have this great leader who's, who's led them uh, out of uh, slavery, led them through the Red Sea, kept them safe. They have this great leader. And, and perhaps he could be the positive influence, right? 
Sort of like I'm trying not to be, maybe. But no, listen, listen to what Moses says. Moses asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble upon me, your servant? What have I done to displease you, God, that, that you would put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Moses is caught up in the very same negativity, only his negativity is arguing and complaining about their negativity. God, why did you do this? And in fact, it it really does get worse. You know what he says? He says, God, if you are merciful, kill me. In your mercy, spare me this complaining people by killing me. I don't want to live anymore. Do you think that might have been a slight over-exaggeration? Maybe overreacting just a little bit to the negativity going on. And yet, I think there's lots of times in our lives when hardship comes and we think, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe in the Christmas uh, box, uh, uh, you know, you thought, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been carrying a load. Now you want me to carry a bigger load? Uh, maybe, maybe it's just better if we don't do it this year. Now, hopefully you didn't go there. And hopefully you won't feel that way in a, in a day because people are going to start calling you and saying, we're going to help you. We're going to come alongside. One of, my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible that's stuck with me for a long time is 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, I want to go back to the Moses text before I explain what I mean by that. Do you know what happens when Moses complains to God? God says, okay, Moses, bring 70 of the elders in together. He's going he's to lift some of the burden from Moses. He's going to share the burden with 70 other elders. You want to talk about sharing the load. That's big time. But just so that we're clear about what happens, when you read that story, this is what it says. It says that God took some of the spirit from Moses and gave it to the 70 elders. Do you know what that means? He had all the spirit he needed. God didn't have to bring more for them. He just dispersed it because Moses thought it was too much for him. It even goes on to say that they prophesied, but only that once and never again. This really wasn't the plan of God, but he just wanted Moses to see there's plenty of provision for you. I'm on your side. And, and we go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What that means is, is I may not have everything I need to lead this church. Matter of fact, let's just be clear. I don't. But we together as the people of God have been gifted, each according to the Spirit's desire, for the common good. That is, God is ready to be at work through each one of us for each other, to build each other up. 
That's how God intends to pour his blessing out upon us. But if you're only looking in the mirror, it can feel pretty overwhelming. But if you've got Warren, and you've got John, and you've got Paul, and you've got Mark Smith, and you've got Jonna surrounding you in leadership, and then you gather with the rest of the leadership council, man, this congregation is gifted. No need for a spirit of complaint here. God has poured out his spirit among us. Philippians reminds us, just in case we need another reminder, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. How are you being influenced? How are you being an influencer? Are you guiding people to deeper trust, deeper hope, deeper confidence? Are people guiding you into deeper hope, deeper confidence? Or is it the other way? We are called to be mindful of this. Lawrence Welk, the philosopher I love to quote, there are good days and there are bad days, and this is one of them. Now, you might read that and think this is either one of them, like a good day, or maybe this is a bad day, but it's not both. And what I want to say to you, it is both. Every day may not be good, but there's something good in every day. Good and, good and bad days actually parallel each other. They happen at the very same time, and we get sucked into the negativity. It's a very bad day. If we get sucked into the positivity, even though bad things happen, it's still a good day. James says this to us in a way that we maybe need to think more about as a community in, our, in, a, in a day and age where tolerance is really lifted up. It says this, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. You see, the answer isn't just to ignore the bad. The answer isn't just to pretend none of the bad stuff is happening. We, we, we want to recognize when, when brothers and sisters in Christ are starting to head off in the wrong direction, and we want to find a way to kind of gently bring them back. We want to increase our positive influence so that those who are going the wrong way get brought back into alignment with God's will and God's blessing and provision. So that means we have to be willing to speak up, not to complain but to help, to encourage one another. And then there's this kind of scary word in our gospel lesson for today. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. That sounds pretty bad. Did you notice when you heard it that it gets worse? Yeah, 
hell forever. I mean, it's a bad deal. And what that says to us is we need to be mindful of our influence. I don't know if your dad influenced you to kind of make this all happen today or not, but even if he didn't influence you to choose the state and to be where you are, as I seem to see in your nonverbal communication, there's no doubt that he's influenced your faith. There's no doubt that he's guided you in your life. I'm going to take a risk and say he may have given a bad example once or twice that you know not to do. But for the most part, oh, he nodded, he nodded okay. So I, what? Only twice. <laughs> Brothers and sisters in Christ, our God is good. And we want to we wanna open our eyes, open our hearts to remember the many blessings that God has poured out upon us, to remember that those blessings are with us every day. Let's not let negativity in others or in our own circumstances pull us away from being people of faith and hope. There are good days and there are bad days, and this is one of them. It's okay. As a matter of fact, James goes on to say that, that we're tested. We're tested by fire. And the truth of the matter is this. Our faith can be strengthened by going through the hard time. It's possible that the Christmas box ministry this year will be elevated because more people will come alongside you because you said, I could use some help. I think it's probable that our children and St. Timothy's uh, kids are being blessed because you guys stepped up in a new way. It may not be easy. It may be challenging. It certainly takes some time. But God moves as we respond to these tests and hardships in our lives. As we call upon him, he hears us and he responds. My brothers and sisters, if, if one of you should wander from the truth, someone should bring that person back. We can be an encouragement to lift one another up. Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with one another. Let's work to preserve. Let's work to encourage one another because God is in that work. The people of Israel forgot who the God was that they were serving, a God who rescues and provides. There was a moment this morning when I forgot that Uber is available for Maryland to get to work. Church. The negativity can close our eyes to the many blessings that God has surrounded us with. Let us be a people of hope and encouragement. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Help us, Lord, to remember all the blessings you pour out on us each day. Give us a spirit of contentment and an attitude of gratitude. And give us the influence to be a blessing to others that they too might lift their eyes to you. In Jesus' holy and blessed name, amen.